Want to know how Canada's top industry leaders feel about creating significant wealth in the world around them? Find out with me, Thane Stenner, founder of Center Wealth Partners at Canaccord Genuity and host of the new Smart Wealth Podcast. Available on iHeart or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now. Hello, I'm Thane Stenner, host of the Smart Wealth Podcast. It's produced by BNN Bloomberg Studio, Brown Studio. My special guest, uh, very special guest today is Mr. John Bromley of Charitable Impact Foundation which uh, is a uh, foundation that basically is set up to help donors and donor advised uh, investors to flow through to over 87,000 different charities uh, based in Canada and around the world. John is based in uh, Vancouver here and I've uh, known him and his father Blake Bromley for about 20 years now. so this is going to be a really fun podcast interview for me to conduct with John, uh, as uh, I think he'll be able to bring us a lot of insights. So John is, you know, is known as one of the top charitable brokers, uh, charity advisors to the uber wealthy, as well as the small donors across uh, this country. He's a true champion and thought leader in the charitable and philanthropic space and comes from, what I would say, very good stock, given the fact that his father, Blake, uh, has been in the charitable philanthropic space for, I think, over 45 years himself as a, as a charitable philanthropic lawyer. Earlier on in his career, uh, John was actually with uh, the corporate finance group of RBC, so he has had an, an interesting background. And I think, uh, you know, overall, there's going to be some really good insights that come from today's session. So I'm really, really pleased to uh, have John kind of be with us here today. Today is uh, Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. Uh, and this podcast will run in about uh, 10 to 12 days. So you'll see it on our social media. So listen in for sure. So why did I ask John Bromley of Charitable Impact Foundation on to today's Smart Wealth Podcast. It's simple. Wealthy investors who we deal with, as well as the general population, are increasingly asking to make a bigger impact in their communities, in their countries, and internationally with everything that's going on around us. I couldn't think of a better professional and sector thought leader to speak with on this highly important topic than John Bromley. So John, on behalf of all of our podcast listeners today, a heartfelt welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Thane, for having me. It's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. That I've known you for twenty years is special to me, but it's also making me think that uh, you know I'm 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 getting up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've uh, you've barely aged, it, sir. You barely <laughs> aged. Well, thanks again for uh, being with us. And um, you know this this is uh, this is an important topic for listeners. You know everybody's becoming uh, more ESG, uh, more impact-oriented in their investing and in their philanthropic plans. And, you know, it's, this, is, this is what you eat and breathe and, and, you know, walk on a daily basis. So I think uh, this should be a lot of fun for us. So let's, uh, you know, I'll give you a little format. There's going to be three segments. We'll take a couple breaks and then we'll wrap up. And um, basically, it's going to be a free-flowing conversation. I'm really, again, looking forward to it. So let's, let's begin, John. So for question number one is um, the Charitable Impact Foundation uh, is in basically a philanthropic or charitable online organization you founded, or kind of like a charitable investment bank account online. And it recently achieved a major, major milestone passing through over a billion dollars worth of charitable donations being facilitated by your organization. So how does this accomplishment feel? Well, it feels good, Thane. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just, you know, honestly, gratitude to thank everyone who's, you know, worked with us along the way, both both talented team members, past and present, and, and dedicated volunteers. Um, but first and foremost, you know, frankly, it's about the donors. It's about people who... Who, who choose to voluntarily contribute, you know, whether it's their time or talent, or in this case, their money uh, to, to, to whatever, whatever it is they care most about changing in the world. And that's what sort of makes Charitable Impact, I would say, most unique. We don't come from the fundraising side 
of the world. We start with the donor and their generosity and how they want to act on it. Hmm. And we, and we help, and we help them from there. Um, but you know, a billion dollars is a big accomplishment, particularly in a, in a, in a country like Canada, we're, we're, we're a big country, but we're, and we're a very generous country, but we're not a super populous country. Hmm. Well said. Um, so, you know, how did, how did you get into this sector? I kind of gave a few tips at the beginning, uh, as to your father's background, but I mean, at the end of the day, how did how did you decide to start Charitable Impact and, and why? Well, let's start with the why. Uh, when you look, when you, when you get engaged into the charity sector, it doesn't take very long to determine that, you know, 98% of all of the, all of what happens in the sector is oriented towards helping charities uh, and charities like businesses, like corporations, they have their own, you know, revenue targets and it's about meeting their you know, bottom line, so that they can carry on their cause. But it's really the whole sector is tailored towards you know helping charities. Uh, I refer to that <laughs> for what it's worth as the fundraising paradigm. You know, that was very very evident to me coming in, and 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 I just wanted to dedicate my time to helping donors and helping donors develop the more comfortable, confident people are with anything and. Giving's no different than soccer or sewing or or work. You know, the more comfortable and confident they are, the 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 better they are moving with the ups and downs. The 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 happier they are, the more sticky it is, the more sustainable it is. Ultimately, the more fun they have, and 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 so serving the donor became really important to me. Now, how I got there is a a bit of a you know longer story. I can try giving a bridge version. Would you like that? Absolutely. So, you know, when I think about this actually thing, you know, people always talk about my dad and it's really important to talk about my dad. But in my case, it was, it was there's actually two parents in my life, uh, both of whom contributed a huge amount to, 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 what, to my development. And, you know, looking back, I, you know, in my life, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. That was never a plan. Uh, I, I didn't aspire to be an entrepreneur. Uh, but also looking back, it kind of <laughs> seems obvious that I, maybe was meant to end up, you know, where I am today as the sort of founder of a, you know, a, a charity bank of, of sorts, right? So, so, so philanthropy is ultimately about the love of mankind. That's sort of a, the definition. And when I think about, you know, where I learned that was modeled love, you know, I think about my mom. Of course, as kids, I've got two sisters, we were loved, right? But what my mom's strength really was, what I really learned from her as it relates to my work today, is sort of leading with you know, love and with, and meeting people where they are and, and, and having that be okay. And then working with them to progress to where they want to be. She did that uh, as a volunteer, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a mentor, as just a person on the street and as a professional. So that, what I think is interesting about that is that ultimately that job of a philanthropist, in my view, is to meet, you know, a doer, a, a charity activity person, who's on the ground, you know, where they're at, understanding them and what their needs and wants are and to help progress them to the next spot. So, you know, it's not, my mom's not talked about a lot, you know, when in, in my world, but, but my mom was a critical, critical part of that. Now, if that's the philan, let's call it the, 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 the love part of philanthropy, you know, what about the thropy or the, the P or the whatever the end of it is? Well, that's the mechanics, that's the system, that's how the whole system works that's the the law the compliance the regulation the strategy uh frankly you know you know objectively i've never met anyone in all of my days who has anything close to the strategic mind and the dedication to the the sector that 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 my dad has and the fact that i say that you know you know it's like maybe a subjective son you know loving his dad and i happen to love my dad but it's really about luck i mean there's nowhere to go to learn about giving and with my own professional background in corporate finance and a decent degree and a really good education, I got to sit in the room with the, the top or one of the top philanthropic planners in the entire world. And frankly, thank for the first five years, I didn't do anything except shut up and listen. Mm. I literally did nothing except basically be my dad's executive assistant, sat in the room. I got access to the room because I think I was his son. There's a lot of clients, lesser privilege in this world. Yes. And, and I just listened. 
number one. Number two, what happened is people had to start coming through me in order to get to him. That's mm. where I started to refine my ability to solve my own problems and learn the critical lesson of don't ever answer a question that you don't know the answer to. Fortunately, I had someone to go and talk to to, 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 to get the, the hard or the interesting or the gray, the gray answers. Last but not least, it became abundantly clear that there's generally speaking nowhere for donors to go to get objective support. Okay, there's nowhere to go to carry out their giving in an objective way, and there's nowhere to, for them to go to get support that's about helping them achieve what they want to achieve in the charity sector. Hmm. And so I looked hmm. around for solutions, I didn't see any. So that was the start of my real entrepreneurial journey, I would say, when I just said, I've got to build it myself. Excellent. Last comment is one of my dad's superpowers is that he would generally never tell me no. I mean, after a certain age, of course, but he never would tell me no, but he would always tell me when I was wrong. So in this case, he really empowered me to, to, to go and to develop charitable impact. I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for him. But, uh, but, but then I, I went on my way and uh, it's 10 years later and, you know, it's cool to have hit a billion dollars. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I don't know of another uh, charitable organization in Canada that's done that. Maybe there is, but I'm, I'm actually not aware of one. So again, congratulations to you and to the team for hitting that milestone. I know, knowing you as I do, um, I know that you, you're planning a much bigger thing still to come. So, which leads me to my next question, I guess, where would you like to see, you know, the Charitable Impact Foundation uh, go to or grow to over the course of the next decade? Well, um, you know, we focus entirely on Canada today. You know, we have aspirations to uh, move to other jurisdictions. You know, why, you know, partly that's about entrepreneurial aspiration, I guess, to be honest, but it's also really about the mission of enabling people to create change in the world and in and, and, and a world powered by the web, I mean, which is why we started online, right? Just to increase access, you know, to and ultimately participation in charitable giving. Uh, you know, I've got friends in the US, I've got friends in Europe, I've got friends places, and ultimately, can we work together to achieve benevolent ends? The answer to that is yes. It's really complicated to do, though, given tax rules and regulations. But that's just happens to be my sandbox. So, so some of it, some of it's about that. But really, you know, the the the, the purpose of charitable impact is to help people create the change they want to see in the world. So, what we actually want to achieve is 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 helping more people get on the charitable giving train and 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 make it their own. Right? What is it you care about? Why? right now let's start with that and then if things change in the future that's fine and we want to support people through that journey so at that level you know we want to see more donors and we want to see more donor activity our, our goals are really about donors and donor activity because what we know is that when you have donors and donor activity the money follows so we don't chase money we don't go hunting for large donors uh like fundraisers often do yeah. We support people where they're at and we, and we help them get to where they're trying to, tr trying to go. And some people have lots of money to give away and some people have less. So that's a good segue. So your, your online charitable, uh, you know, charitable impact um, investment account or uh, charitable bank account for people to utilize online is really simple to use, very easy. Um, and so what, what is the range of donations that have, flowed through the charitable impact foundation online like smallest investment uh, investment or donation to the largest so far you know the, the 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 first thing i'd say is that the charitable economy is a microcosm of the macro economy right so in in that you have like fewer high net worth people and you have masses of 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 everyday you know canadians right so it's really really important to me it's critical to the to the mission and the culture of charitable impact that everyone can give right so our minimum donation for example five bucks hmm. in fact in fact you don't even need to give money into your own account in order to play in in, in the charitable game let me give you an example i've got two kids uh, they're nine and eleven uh, my wife and I send them each $10 a month from our impact account to theirs, which they're now old enough to log into, and they may make their own decisions about where to give, right? So here's two, two kids that don't have any money to give away, right, yet, 
And, and yet they're using charitable impact to, or we're using charitable impact as parents to help them kind of onboard into the world of like, look, when you've got time, talent and treasure, you need to you know, share it with other people. So, so, so there's an example of where you actually don't even have to have any money in order to be a donor and a participant at charitable impact. Now that ranges all the way up to, I mean, you've actually been part of it, Thane, you know, you happen to be the top performing uh, financial professional that we work with. You know, you've, you've done nearly, your clients have given nearly a hundred million dollars using charitable impact. So what you also know is that, you know, we have donors who have given well north of 50 million into their, you know, impact accounts that can then be invested, right? It can then be invested and uh, to, to, to grow tax-free, uh, to, to, to give away hopefully more money in the future. And so, the, the, so at the end of the day, you know, we have relatively few on a percentage basis, really high net worth clients who give, make sophisticated, really well-planned gifts, publicly traded securities, private company shares, cryptocurrency, life insurance, real estate. I mean, we can even deal with art. Um, but the majority of our clients, the vast majority of the people who interact with the system are, are, are everyday Canadians who choose to make giving a part of how they approach life. And they use charitable impact because it's for them. It's their tool to help them give. Hmm. Maybe differentiate, you know, a lot of people listening and may have heard of a, a checkbook philanthropy uh, versus kind of what you've set up. Um, so maybe just get into the differences of people kind of being pitched for different charities and, you know, whether or not they write a check now or make a decision on the spot um, or in short notice versus this two-step process that in essence, Charitable Impact Foundation has, i.e., you know, having your own donor advised fund and then making decisions throughout the year as to where you want to donate funds to. Maybe just comment around that. Yeah, that's a really great question. Thanks. Uh, although admittedly, if I know what a check is, obviously I'm as old as I am. So um, now, what I referred to earlier as the fundraising paradigm is really this sort of construct where everything is about the charity and the charity needs money. And so it pitches and sells mm. continuously to, to people. The problem for people is that there's, and you mentioned it off the top, there's 85,000, 87,000 registered charities in Canada. So imagine getting fundraised from, in theory, from 87,000, what would you do? So checkbook philanthropy, you know, in, in the, what I refer to it now as, because people don't know what checks are anymore, is, is sort of reactive philanthropy. So you're asked, you think maybe, and you react and you give, right? And then, and then the next pitch comes in, you kind of, go, oh, no. And then next pitch, oh, yes, okay. So generally speaking, you know, do you shop well when you buy like that, right? Or do you shop better, right? Or, you know, do you invest well when you just, when you, you know, invest like that? Or, or do you invest better when you, when you think about, okay, here's the amount I want to invest. I'm going to put it over here. Now I'm going to think about whether I want to pull advisors in to help me achieve, you know, optimum impact or, or investment return. And then I'm going to, you know, deploy that money in a way that meets that kind of idea or plan. Now, not every idea and plan has to be thoroughly written down. You don't have to have a book. You don't have to have a manual. But so what Charitable Impact says to the donors, it says, look, we give you the ability to separate your donation for the immediate tax receipt from the allocation to the use of the money that you want to deploy it for, right? Hmm. And, and so, and, and, and necessarily, by the way, every gift to charity is actually two considerations, even though it feels like one. There's two considerations. The first is, am I going to part with my money for a charitable cause? And the second consideration is, what is that money going to be used for? So when you have your own donor advised fund, when you have your own impact account with charitable impact, and conceptually, when you have your own private foundation, you are empowered to, for, to look at your charitable giving in that way. First, how much do I have to give away? How am I going to plan it? Is it going to be cash? Is it going to be securities? Am I going to want some of that invested? And to separate that mindset from what I want to do with that money. Is it for cancer research? Is it for, you know, poverty relief? Is it for the advancement of education? Or is it for me to give to my kids or my grandkids for them to give away so I can nurture them to do that? Mm. And charitable impact, it's your giving, your way, our support. But we really want to develop an intentional 
mindful, thoughtful approach to giving in the same way I'm sure you would advocate for with regard to investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said, John. So let's take a quick break there. We've got uh, another good uh, seven or eight questions to ask of you in this interview. So let's take a few minutes break and uh, we'll be back shortly. Thanks. Want to know how Canada's top industry leaders feel about creating significant wealth in the world around them? Find out with me, Thane Stenner, founder of Center Wealth Partners at Canaccord Genuity and host of the new Smart Wealth Podcast, available on iHeart or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, Thane Stenner here on the Smart Wealth Podcast. My special guest today, uh, once again, is John Bromley of the Charitable Impact Foundation uh, in, here in, based in Canada. And uh, we're very pleased with how this interview is going. It's, it's get, John's already providing some very good, uh, thoughtful insights into the charitable space. So, John, let me let me get into the next uh, set of questions with you. You, you know, charitable impact uh, as you know has a donor advised uh, structure to it uh, for foundations, and and your organization has dealt with and facilitated strategized around, I know for a fact, some of Canada's wealthiest uh, entrepreneurs, uh, investors, and donors. So the question for you is, you know, what are you seeing today as to how uh, they're going about their philanthropic plans? As, 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 has their mindset changed from 5, 10, 20 years ago? Um, and what are you seeing as some of the best practices or examples you can kind of think of today? Yeah, thanks, Thane. That's a, that's a big question. So we just talked about how it's really important for donors, regardless of how much money you give away, to think about separating your thought pattern around your donation, you know, in for the tax receipt and separate that from what you want to use that money for. Okay. So, so let me try in that, in that separation, let me give you a few examples of what we're seeing. So first of all, especially in the higher network space, we're seeing a lot of attention to um, planning their gifts. What are the options they have? And, and it's one of charitable impact strengths. I mean, we can accept a, a whole bunch of different types of assets and we're really sophisticated with gift planning. We're, we're not wimpy about it, but we, there are rules. Okay. So, so, so I'm seeing a lot, increasingly we're seeing, of course, publicly traded securities because of the capital gains exemptions, right? So more gifts of publicly traded securities. So first thing we're seeing is we're seeing people switching from giving cash to funding their account using publicly traded securities just because there's more bang for the buck. Um, this, the second thing we're seeing a lot of is people planning sort of more illiquid assets, particularly like private company preferred shares to use that as the donation specie and then to plan the annual monetization or cash flow off of that with, with a dividend structure, right? And so what's nice about that is they can plan the gift up front, they get the tax receipt there, and then they can, they can formulate their own approach to how much liquidity they want every year to, 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 to distribute to whatever their causes are. So let's then jump across into the, now that you've made your donation, what are people thinking about doing? One of the things that I'm seeing is that the, um, the sort of venture angel, you know, investment entrepreneurial nature of, I think, the shift that we've been seeing in Canada over the last 20 to 30 years, right? I feel we've been coming more and more entrepreneurial, still got some ways to go, but that entrepreneurial nature is starting really to come become more evident in the, in, in the donor world, particularly with donors who, who choose to be empowered and, and set up their own donor advised fund. Um, so, because what they do is they can then, they have this money set aside that has to at law, you know, be, be for charitable purposes. And they start asking more interesting questions about how that money can be used. You know, contrast that with, you know, you know what could be a very important good charity coming to you and asking you for money. You don't have as much control or, or you know, uh, agency over what happens with that money. And, and at law, as soon as you give it to them, you're done forever. Yep. Okay, so in the donor advised world, you can continue to advise that money. So we're seeing much more entrepreneurial approaches. A um, couple really exciting things. Um, first of all, like, and let me talk about things that couldn't really be done and, and can't really be done absent something like charitable impact. One of the things that I think is, the biggest problem in the charity sector today is there's nowhere to learn how to give. 
Okay. You don't go to school to learn how to give. And it's really different from something like soccer, where you can just go into community, meet coaches, have teams all play together, be nurtured, have friends along the way. Like, where do you go for that in the charitable giving world? You know, there's a, there's a, maybe a religious um, community answer to that, but absent that there's not very much. So what we're seeing is we're seeing donors come in who are open to innovation and open to ideas and saying, huh, well, that's interesting. You know, so what would it look like if I funded, you know, a school program where I put up money and then every kid who shows up at school gets 10 bucks a month for them to give away. And how would that contribute to their evolving education? So we've actually developed programs like that at Charitable Impact for schools. We've developed programs like that in sports communities, like the better you play, the more charitable dollars the team earns to give away together. So that type of innovation, I think is really, really important. It's mm. not to take away from, from the, the charities that the ultimate donor you know, could, could, could decide for, you, know, that you can still do that. But what's something like a donor advised fund properly conceived in my view can enable is like a two or three prong bang for your buck where not only are you getting money out to charities, but maybe in the process, you're, you're helping someone else onboard into the charitable sector and become a donor the way we become soccer players or the way we become engineers or the way we become mathematicians, right? It doesn't just happen. It happens with learning, with modeling, you know, and with experience. So that's, those are some of the stories that really, really excite me because not only is money going to charity, but we're developing donors and more donors along the way. Hmm. Very good. Uh, so what about matching, you know, maybe this concept around matching, or I don't want to say it, but I will say it, performance philanthropy, uh, you know, a way for uh, a donor's dollars to be amplified. Um, you just yeah. talk. Yeah. There, I think that's some really innovative things I've seen your organization do over time. Yeah. So thanks for mentioning that. Um, matching is something that we enable and we automate in the system. And what's important about that, particularly for higher network, starting with higher net worth donors, is that, you know, they can lead others with their philanthropy. So if where they've got more time and, and money to sort of do research into what they want to give to, they can then make that hard decision, put money up, and then draw other people who are the 20, 50, $100 donors along with them who, who care about the same cause, you know, and, and to give with more confidence. And so we've done a number of things with, with donors who have said like, look, anything from here's the charity I want to give to, can we want a managing program? Yes. Innovation is, is, uh, it's okay there. And it's cool. Like do that. But what's really cool in a donor advice fund is when you can, you know, take a cause like in Burnaby, we want to focus on or in Ottawa, wherever, we want to focus on, uh, you know, kids who go to school hungry. And there's probably, I don't know, 25 good charities who deal with that problem across the different school districts, etc. And so you can like run a, a cause for a portfolio of charities, right? Mm. And that becomes really, really interesting, because in most cases, donors are motivated by the cause, they're motivated to solve a problem that they are familiar with. They, they may have even lived themselves. Um, they're not always motivated by the charity. In fact, finding the right charity is a really hard thing for a donor to do. It's arguably just as hard as finding the right stock to invest into. And mm -hmm. so the portfolio approach and then the matching amplification approach adds a huge amount of efficiency and confidence to donors. So Thanks for mentioning that one thing, because that's a really important thing that we're seeing more of that I, I hope to see more of, because not only does the money get to the charities, but also more donors get dragged along, you know, with the movement mm. and it brings the cost of fundraising down. Gotcha. Excellent. So how would you rate, based upon your global knowledge of the philanthropic space, how would you rate Canadians versus our Southern neighbors and other, you know, other uh, philanthropic societies, how, how generous are our Canadians? <laughs> I don't want the politically correct answer. I want the uh, thoughtful answer on this because this is where okay. some comes from. Okay. So I think Canadians are really generous. We don't give as much money away as the United States. I think that's a culture thing. I'm not going to go to, you know, they're more entrepreneurial, independent, you know, smaller government, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Here's where I think the answer gets interesting. 
it's it's cultural. So where is Canada lagging behind? And and where, for example, do I go for 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 motivation to 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 remind myself that like people are benevolent, you know? You, you know where I've been recently? Well, I guess COVID changes some stuff, but where I've been recently where I get motivated is a place like India. Why India? There's a couple of things that are going on there that are completely different than Canada or that are that Canada's kind of past, maybe. First and foremost, there's like spirituality and theology is like pervasive in the in the country, right? And what's important about theology and spirituality is that they make giving back a tenant of what they do. And so you do learn about giving, okay? Unlike, you know, in a secular society. Uh, number one. Number two, okay, this is, made, this is as important. They're closer to have suffered or, or to have, you know, been in poverty. They're, they're closer generationally to relating to the, the struggles that so many humans go in and go through. You know, when I think about, you know, my kids, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a privileged guy. You know, you know, and 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 my parents were effectively middle class, and so you know, in my family, I got to go back three or four generations before there was sort of like a form of like real overt poverty. Now, what's important about something like poverty is you can really relate to the reality that like it's not lazy people. No, 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 it's it's real. It's life, right? People with less give more. Why? Because they can relate to the reality of the problem and they can relate to being helped. Hmm. So where Canada's falling behind is actually in our privilege. And I would hmm. say that that's generally true also in the United States. Hmm. Very well said. Uh, so maybe comment about how donors today, some of them wanna be anonymous when they donate uh, or they want to have high profile when they want to donate. So how does the Charitable Impact Foundation online uh, system allow them to be either anonymous on some things or, or out there on other things? So our brand promise is you're giving your way our support. And we take that very, very seriously. So if you want you know, full recognition and name and lights, you know, on a certain gift or on all your gift, we're there to support that and the system enables that. And if you don't want anyone to know that you even have an account at Charitable Impact or that you've ever made a donation to it, let alone any of the charities or qualified donees that you send money to, that's totally okay too. Um, it's actually a really important question, Thane, because, you know, when you give to direct to a charity, um, that, like an end using charity, um, there's no such thing as anonymity by definition, because if they don't know who you are, they can't issue you a tax receipt. You can't get a compliant tax receipt that says your name and address on it, for example, if they don't know who you are, right? So you can drop, drop a hockey bag full of cash outside of a charity's door and be anonymous that way if there's no cameras, but you can't actually be anonymous and make a compliant tax receipt at charitable. So, you know, what a charity might tell you is anonymity is them not sharing and okay, so at Charitable Impact, you put the money in with us, we issue the tax receipt. So you're not anonymous from us. But then at law, what happens is that you advise us on what charities you want to give to, and that charity receives money from the Charitable Impact Foundation, advised by the donor. That's the context in which full anonymity is possible at Charitable Impact. And the way our system works is you can, you know, set preferences to say, I want to be anonymous by default, and then change that on every gift or say, I want to be recognized on every gift and then make every odd gift anonymous. Um, but it's a really important part of donor empowerment. And it's an important part of donor development, just to understand what agency you have to control the, the, the things that matter to you in giving. So you can develop your own style, your own culture. I mean, you know, that's really, really important to us and to donors. Oh, by the way, you can't be anonymous with a private foundation either thing, you know, because the directors of those things are obvious and most people put their name on it. So like, you know, there's no, there's no real anonymity except in a donor advised fund. That's a very good, that's a very good reminder. So let's take a quick break there, John. I've got uh, probably three or four more questions to finish off the interview after our break. And uh, I can tell you just warming up with some of your answers. So uh, let, let's come back in a few moments.
Thanks, Thanks Lee. Want to know how Canada's top industry leaders feel about creating significant wealth in the world around them? Find out with me, Thane Stenner, founder of Stenner Wealth Partners at Canaccord Genuity and host of the new Smart Wealth Podcast. Available on iHeart or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now. Hello, I'm Thane Stenner uh, on the Smart Wealth Podcast uh, produced by BNN Bloomberg's brand studio. Uh, we're back for the last segment with our special guest, John Bromley of Charitable Impact Foundation. So um, we're, we're having a great interview, and I just want to finish strong here with uh, four or five more uh, questions just to tease out from John some of his unique insights. So, you know, on an administrative issue, just talk to me as, or talk to our listeners as to why, what, what does Charitable Impact do for donors as far as their tax administration and their slips to make it easy for them? Uh, so there's a lot of things we do when you have a bank account, it's kind of like, what does your bank account to do for you? No one really thinks about it, but there's like so much administration that's taken care of. Okay. So what's the benefit of it? Right. Um, now let me just mention a couple of things, right? You, you, you donate and you get a tax sheet right away. Those tax sheets are stored for you. How can you ever lose a tax receipt that's stored in a platform that you can just log into, download anytime, send to your accountant, whatever, uh, you got, you know, settings for anonymity settings for this settings for that. So you can really sort of tailor your charitable giving approach to what you want, right? And then change that as you change and or as your needs change. So why does that matter? Because when all that sort of administrative uh, stuff that's kind of boring, you know, and annoying goes away, what ha you have more time to think about what you care about changing. You have more time to think about the stuff that's important and interesting uh, to you and to the communities that you serve with your giving. And that's really critical. You know, charity doesn't always feel fun, particularly when you're sort of asked for money all the time. But when it comes from your intrinsic motivations and you're driving the, 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 the ship or the, 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 you know, you're driving your own, it's your agency moving you forward. Philanthropy is as fun as anything else, not because it's philanthropy, not because it's giving back necessarily, but because you're doing stuff that you actually care about, right? I don't, I find soccer fun. How come? Uh, it's hard to, hard to say, but I'm willing to do it all, all the time. That's where we want philanthropy to get to for more and more people. And when all the administration goes away and it becomes easier just to think about what you care about and how you're going to go about that, the fun starts to pop. Mm, nice. So uh, the TED Talks conference is in Vancouver right now, April uh, 10th through 14th. Today is April 13th, and this podcast will be released uh, around the, it's called the 23rd or 24th of April here, 2022. And, and you've spoken a couple of times at TED Talks. And uh, maybe just a really quick question there on, you know, you've been a profiled speaker and thought leader in this space. Um, are you seeing innovators or you know, technology-related people, founders of businesses getting more and more excited by philanthropic uh, passions these days? You know, the, the start with the cynical answer, which is no, uh, there's less charitable givers in Canada today than there was yesterday, than there was five years ago, than there was 10 years ago, to, you know, measured by... You know, and the irony of that is that there's, you know, it's so much easier to, you know, find a donate button, right? So, so the, the reason why I'm, you know, not, you know, why I'm a little cynical is because of the data. But what I'm optimistic about is, is, is that there's increasingly solutions, I mean, like Charitable Impact that are tailored to the donor. The, there's nowhere to learn how to give. That's a serious problem that no one's focused on. Okay, like, like, how would Canada who just made it to the World Cup of soccer? Why am I referencing soccer all over the place? You know, but but because, you know, because, you know, we didn't just populate like a bunch of 20 to 30 year olds who are awesome at soccer. They were developed, you know, over the last 20 to 30 years, right? Look at our hockey team. Those kids didn't just start playing hockey yesterday. They started playing hockey when they were somewhere close to zero. And it was probably in the family before then. So if that's not happening with philanthropy, it's not a lack of generosity that's going on. There's no crisis in generosity in Canada. The crisis is there's nowhere to go to get objective support and to learn about how to approach charitable giving and to do it in a way that's tailored to what you want to achieve. That's the big problem. So entrepreneur or not, 
that's the issue. Now, in relatively few cases, we're seeing some people make tons of money. And in those cases, two things happen. One, social pressure, maybe personal pressure, obligation to give back. So we see lots of that. Uh, and, and or people kind of going, oh, I just graduated out of my, you know, sort of more corporate focus, you know, what am I going to do next? And then people, you know, look at this stuff. Um, but they face the same problem as people who haven't got rich yet, which is they don't have a lot of experience or, or, or confidence or fitness with giving back. And so they've got a whole bunch of money, but they don't necessarily know what to do with it. And again, that's where charitable impact comes and says, Hey, we work for you. And it's what you care about changing. We're not here to push any cause on you. So again, like the, the, it's not a straight answer thing, but it's, it's, it, it does help explain why I'm passionate about doing what, what, what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm a wealth advisor and, and our team deals with, you know, some pretty successful people across Canada that are each, each of those families, each of those entrepreneurs are very passionate about different causes. So us being able to utilize the charitable impact online uh, platform that you've built, the technology platform you built to help facilitate that and make that easy um, and, and to you know, differentiate the two steps of that, of how much goes in versus where does it go? I think you've built something pretty, pretty amazing. I can just tell you from our 45 clients, we've got uh, almost all of them have a charitable impact investment account, which uh, maybe just delve into that a little bit as to how people can, you know, do a donation and then distribute. So get into the parts about what's the minimum distribution rate and, you know, we just had a federal budget here in Canada talking about changing it from, you know, three and a half percent to five percent. So maybe just calm about those things. Also, the law, what you're referring to is called disbursement quota. It's the quota that charities must disperse, uh, you know, that, you know, in order to stay compliant with CRA. Um, and that's now five percent. Well, it's going to be five percent starting uh, 2023. Um um, it's been three and a half percent for the past 15 or so years. Um, it matters. Okay. What, why that rules there is really important. It's so that you can't just like put a bajillion dollars into a you know, charity, take a tax receipt, which costs all taxpayers money uh, in theory. Right. And then because you're not paying tax on that and then, and then hold the money and not have it create impact in community. I mean, that's, that's garbage, but also like, why would you even want to do that? The why, which is acceptable and important, regardless of how much money you give away, is, is because two potential answers. One, I want to contribute money today because it's tax efficient to do so. And I want to spread that money out over uh, uh, you know, my lifetime. Okay, That's important, although we want to see them making more donations in the future. So the real answer is because like, when you can separate the donation from your, your, the choice of how to use that money charitably, you, 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 you spend it better. Hmm. Period. <laughs> right? Like you're, you become better at it. Now it doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but you learn from your mistakes and then you, you know, come back to your pot and you go, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do this. Or like that matching thing went really, really well. And I'm going to do that again. Um, but I'm going to change the portfolio of charities because this one and that one didn't perform well as well as I wanted to last time. Hmm. So the separation between donation and allocation is critically, critically important, but it can also lead to problems if, if people are completely disengaged with that money after they've made the donation. Okay. So that's what disbursement score is for. Now, for what it's worth, charitable impact uh, doesn't have any problems with disbursement quota. You know, we've taken in a billion dollars of donations, as you say, our balance sheet's only about 500 million. So our, our, our community generally distributes something close to between 30 and 50 or 60% of the money every year, right? So, so we have active donors and that's what we want. These are people who are choosing to engage some of their time, talent and money in towards the cause of, of giving for, you know, whatever they want to give to. And that's really important to us. And that activity, I think, comes about partly because of the system and how it's built. It's an inviting system to say, look, this is built for you. So if you're not charitable, don't use it. 
But if you are charitable, you know, get engaged and, and, and be active. And if you're not active and you're just sitting on the couch, not doing anything, I, frankly, I've got a bit of a problem with that. But if you're, if you're not active because you're trying to gain more confidence and how to use that money better, absolutely. Now, in the meantime thing, two important points with regard to you and your team and other, you know, uh, wealth managers. Okay. First of all, like if someone's worked with you forever, we want you to, re- to, to, to manage their charitable dollars, right? It's not for us to get in the, in the middle. We're kind of charity bankers at the level of like helping move money in and out. We don't pretend to be or aspire to be investment managers. The second thing is that people like you, Thane, and you're a perfect example of this. And if it's okay, I'm going to share why I think it's, you're this way, but, you know, are so important because you can help start the conversation with them about philanthropy, right? If more wealth managers used charitable impact, frankly, so that they could talk to their, their, their clients about charitable giving without having to get into, you know, whether that money is for their church or their university or all the uses of that money, um, the amount of money given away in Canada would increase just from that alone. I agree. So why don't more advisors do it? I think generally there's two problems. The big one though, is that there's nowhere to learn how to give. And so advisors don't have fluent, no offense to them, right? No different than any other community, but they don't have the fluency or experience in charitable giving. And who wants to talk, who, what proper professional wants to talk about anything they don't really have a decent grasp of. What makes you a different thing is that you're a donor. I know you're a donor. I'm not going to say much more than that, but you're someone who has for a long time dedicated some portion of your time, talent, and money towards giving back and you choose to do that for your own reasons and that's what really develops your fluency so i know you have a different level of comfort uh in talking about charitable giving because you do it yourself and Mm. thanks for that by the way yeah i didn't know you were gonna say it but uh thanks for uh mentioning it uh so last two questions Mm. your team your charitable impact foundation team um it's kind of it's a tech company meets philanthropic uh, planning platform. Uh, so how many people on the team? And, uh, you know, given the fact that they're probably going to see this, what are some of the things that, you know, you would be telling them today that you want to see Charitable Impact Foundation grow to? Kind of, we have kind a really... of, kind of the, 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 the legacy question here, right? You're, oh, you're, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, I'm 44. Come on, chill out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a great, that's a fun question. Thanks. You know, first of all, we have a really talented team, actually. And 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 we we're people like to position us as a fintech company. And I I think that's true, right? Because we're a, a financial technology company. We really do put everything into two two things, like the user experience of the donor, which is largely governed by technology for the majority of people, right? Because we have apps and you know, web-based system that you can log into and stuff and then support. Right. And so on the support side, we're really trying to develop people who understand charity and the mechanics and how it works and how to talk to donors and how to talk to donors in a donor centered way. Right. Um, and we attract some really, really talented people. The, the, the difficulty that we have is that like every, first of all, there's nowhere to learn how to give. And so that's, 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 so all of the people who work for charitable impact come out of that reality. Uh, and if you do know a little bit about giving, it's really informed by this sort of sales fundraising driven fundraising paradigm that I've, that I've, that I've talked a little bit about. Right. And so getting people out of that mindset is actually one of the hardest things to do. And it's where my time is spent. So I'm not a technologist, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a product specialist. I'm not a, I'm not a writer. I'm not a designer. I'm not an architect, but I, I do have vision for the company and I understand everything about how it works. Okay. So like, ultimately my role is to architect the system, but then it's to help communicate the architecture of that system to, to support donors to people and to help translate for them so that our end result maintains its donor centricity right? As opposed to sliding gently and then quicker and quicker over time towards this pressure of just sell people on charities, whether they want to give to them or not, right? So that's really what I do. 
And, 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 and then I also talk with donors, right? I do spend my personal time with donors and I give them advice, you know, when they ask for it. And I work with our team that offers philanthropic advisory services, you know, to, 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 to donors. And I really enjoy that. I, I, what, you know, I guess the legacy in sort of highfalutin terms is that I'd like to be a, one of the people who helped sort of re-engage more people into charitable giving, right? Not through this sort of like, hey, it's something you should do, but by opening people's hearts and minds to the reality hmm. that generosity is part of who you are and charitable giving is an awesome way and tax efficient way, okay, but it's an awesome way to express generosity and to carry out the stuff that you care about. And so one of the things I really do with people is I open their eyes to how what they care about can actually be charitable at law. That's a huge, huge part of what I do with and for donors is once they can see it, they've got all the ability in the world to carry it out, particularly with the support of a, of a system like charitable impact. So I think my legacy, if I, if I, if I can achieve something is really about getting increasing access to and participation in giving in a way that values the donor, not at the expense of the charity, but values the donor and their experience as a person in the system. They're not just a wallet, they're a heart, they're a mind, and they're a wallet. Oh, I think we've got to finish right there. That was a <laughs> very good, very good comment, uh, John. So want to uh, personally thank you on behalf of the listeners and uh, myself, for taking the time for this uh, to share your your thoughts and insights and wisdom on the charitable sector and philanthropic sector in Canada and, and quite Canada leading the way uh, in it today. Uh, so thank you, John, on behalf of everybody uh, listening today. And uh, with that in mind, let's wrap there and uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So that was John Bromley of Charitable Impact Foundation. It was a great interview and hope everybody listens in on April 27th when it's uh, released. Also want to thank the BNN Bloomberg uh, brand studio for all their great editing and, and whatnot to kind of uh, produce these uh, monthly podcasts under the Smart Wealth uh, banner. So please do listen in on April 27th. And uh, again, you'll hear about our, our next monthly guest, for me and onward. So thanks once again, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks. The comments expressed in this podcast are the results of work done by Stenner Wealth Partners. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity Corp. and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The statements expressed herein are not intended to provide tax, legal, or financial advice, and under no circumstances should be construed as a solicitation to act as a securities broker or dealer in any jurisdiction. All views are intended for general circulation only and do not have any regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or general needs of any particular person, organization, or institution. Can Accord is a member of the CIPF.